right, welcome to Time for Success, the podcast where we talk about what do you need to do in your business to have a freedom business? And, and what do I mean by that? A business that can scale and grow without you having to be there every day. So you can, you can do more of the fun things in life, the, the bigger things in life in terms of like family, uh, bigger causes, or maybe just working with your, your best clients. But we want to do everything we can to give you the information that you need to be able to get there. And this is Matt Barbie, your host of Time for Success. And I, I'm a consultant. I'm a, a business coach. And uh, I work with clients every day, helping them to take the, the steps they need to, to get to that, that state. And uh, this week, uh, we're digging into a really important topic around cybersecurity. It's uh, so easy to fall into that trap and, and get complacent and become victims of cybersecurity, uh, especially uh, attacks like ransomware and um, you know, things like that. So we're going to dig into, especially this week, uh, phishing attacks. And so I've uh, asked some guests from Keen Technologies out of St. Louis, Missouri, uh, to, to talk with us about that, educate us a little bit on this, and really figure out what we can do to, to kind of protect ourselves. Uh, so I've got Jamie Mock here with uh, Debbie Burnham. Again, they're from Keen Technologies out of St. Louis, Missouri. And uh, how, you, how are you both doing? I'm doing good, Matt. Appreciate you having us on here today. Good, good. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, being on here with us today. And uh, Keen Technologies is a managed services provider. Isn't that right, uh, Jamie and Debbie? That's right. Right, right. Okay. And so yeah. managed services provider, what, what does a managed services provider do? Well, it, it starts with uh, we come in, we install an agent on, uh, on each workstation and server. Um, does desktop monitoring, antivirus monitoring, um, network monitoring, um, and really it, it's a proactive approach to, uh, to computer issues and network issues within the company. We yeah. try to get ahead of the problem and, uh, you know, there's a lot of reporting. Um, as soon as there's an alert, we'll, uh, we can respond uh, in a pretty timely fashion. Okay. So it's basically about uh, being proactive with uh, your technology being proactive with your computers so that uh, you 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 don't have to worry about problems cop, uh, popping up or you know somebody's going to get to them pretty fast, right? Right. Okay. Okay. Great. And and how do how does uh like security kind of fall into place with this? Like when we're talking about security and, and cybersecurity, like how do how does a managed services provider help out with that? Yeah, so there's there's multiple layers. And with our managed services side, um, we come in uh, with a contract. And with that, it, it has uh, minimum standard requirements. So we go through your entire network, all your computers, and we make sure that they're at a certain level uh, so that whenever we have everything set up and ready to go, most of your problems, probably 90% of your problems go away. And then after that, we can we we can monitor, maintain. But with those minimum standards, um, we look at your firewalls, we look at all your networking equipment, we'll look at your antivirus, all your layered security stuff, spam filters, and we'll uh, we'll make sure that they're all to standard. And most of the time, that'll take care of a lot of the issues, uh, mm -hmm. you know, just from changing that. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. So. So you, you help to maintain the systems, you, you help to make sure that they have at least a kind of a minimum level of security at, at, the, you know, at the very least. And that's probably a big gap for a lot of business owners. My understanding is one of those areas that you particularly help out with 
is uh, with helping to educate and even kind of provide kind of an assessment on on the the risks of phishing attacks within an organization within a company. So what what is a phishing attack? Right. Well, so phishing attacks are pretty much bogus emails that come in or they're targeted as, uh, you know, they're trying to get your user or your employee or even your CEOs to click on a link and uh, either download malicious software or enter in uh, your credentials so that they can compromise your system and get to your data. Ah, okay. All right. So it's basically a a fake email that, that comes in and it looks legitimate. It looks like it's from a, another company or legitimate company, and but it's really fake. And it's going to send you to a fake site um, that's going to try to get your important information, right? Yeah, these these guys that build these uh, things or gals, they uh, they tend to be uh, really ingenuitive and and make things really hard to tell the difference between a real email and a and a fake email. Yeah, that's. Uh, that's a that sounds like a pretty big deal because I know I've gotten those emails. Actually, uh, I was talking with uh, a friend of mine, and he, I was actually telling him I, I just happened to mention that I was going to have on my podcast, um, you know, you guys, and um, I was, we were going to be talking about phishing emails. He's like, "Oh my gosh, I don't even want to talk about that right now." Apparently, uh, just the day before, he had just gotten a brand new credit card, brand new in the mail, right? And uh, he had gotten some sort of email. I don't remember what it was from, but he wasn't really paying attention. I guess he was just kind of in a hurry and he clicked it and it kind of looked a little funky, but he just went ahead and put his information in there and updated his card. And he immediately realized right after he put everything in, he's like, oh no, I don't think that was real. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time. And they're, and they're getting smarter about it too. I mean, uh, they, they do research on your company and, uh, and they'll know the structure. They'll, they'll know who the CEO is. They'll know who your accounts payable people are, your HR people, and they'll yeah. target them. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you, you guys help out with that. Now, I, I didn't really get into this yet, but uh, can you tell the audience a little bit more about like what you guys do actually with Keen and, and you know, with your clients? Uh, sure. I'm, I'm the IT director over at Keen Insurance um, and Debbie's the uh, sales manager. We, we really try to help businesses out, especially with the security side, but we want to make their lives easier, you know, and we do that through technology. And it's nice for the managed services side. We can usually come in and do it a lot more cost effectively than, uh, than say, if you hire a uh, full-time staff or, uh, or we can help supplement that full-time staff if you already have one, but we can do it more cost effectively because we we take all of those tools and then we can spread them out uh, through, you know, the cost throughout multiple companies. And, and it's just way more efficient that way. Right, right. Way more efficient than trying to have your own IT team and trying to keep them educated. And I mean, I mean, I know a lot of people that I've talked with who have tried to maintain their own uh, IT team. They're so bogged down in, in tickets and work, they don't ever get a chance to, to go out and learn and and, uh, you know, attend the, the, the seminars that they need to even keep up with issues, like especially security issues. So um, that's, a, that's a huge side of things. So, Debbie, you know, what, what got you uh, into you know, the, the technology industry and, and what, what excites you about what you do and helping folks? I like working for my company because I like the people I'm involved with and it motivates me to want to help other people. Um, I also like that our we are so cost effective and we don't have a blanket cost for every customer. 
Mm -hmm. And then we go in there and customize each of our um, clients' needs so that they're not paying for more than what they need to. Right, right, right. So being able to manage that cash flow. And do what we do. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. What was that last part? I think I spoke over you. It's okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's me to work for the people I do and do what we do to help people out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. Yeah. So now, so in terms of the phishing attacks, um, how, how common are phishing attacks? Well, they're, they're very common. Um, you know, it, it's hard to pay. Nobody agrees on the statistics of it, but it's like one every 8.3 seconds uh, comes through uh, is, is kind of what, or at least the statistics that I have. And, uh, you know, as, as far as businesses go, um, they're, they're exceptionally dangerous and nobody really thinks to train their users on what to and what not to do, uh, with an email. And, uh, mm-hmm. and we like, we like to come in with that kind of training and, and help them out. Okay. So they come through fairly frequently. Um, what, what are the risks though associated with that? Yeah. I mean, maybe I put in my bank account information or something like that, but are there other bigger risks associated with it? Yeah. I mean, just, just losing any kind of data. Um, but it, it, the frequency of the phishing attacks come in really, really quickly, but what you really have to worry about is the user level. So it's something like 40% or a little bit less than that 38% uh, of users uh, actually click on those emails and, uh, and, and we'll explore them, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with our training once after about 12 weeks with that, you know, it drops in about half. And then, uh, with six months uh, of the training, uh, you know, it's down to like 1%. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, just, just a few things like showing the users what to look for and what not to look for, uh, can yeah. do. Yeah. Okay. So, when you're first working with a client, how do you help them to really assess the the need for the, the phishing uh, education, or I mean, to assess the need within their business? Like, what what do you guys do? Sure. Like right now, we're running a, a free phishing test, so uh, we okay. can we can go in and uh, just get a list of your users uh, within your domain. We can even integrate it in with Active Directory if that's easier for you, and uh, and then we run that free phishing test, and within 24 hours. We'll have a report for you that kind of tells you which users are uh, are susceptible or or your highest risk is what you're looking mm-hmm. for, and then uh, and then you can decide on what to do from there. You know, you can really tell who needs the most training. Okay, so there's actually a way to test it. So I guess with with that, you you guys sent out a bunch of fake fake emails, right? Is that right? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what those emails look like, but yeah, they're they're highly effective. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's stuff that the people high click rate. Yeah. Yeah. So basically I, I'm guessing they, they look a lot like just a, a regular phishing email, which looks like a lot like a regular email from somebody's account. You know, like I know PayPal is one that a lot of, uh, a lot, lot of companies, um, are, are at risk for, for getting, or, or I, I mean, I've seen a lot of like fake PayPal, um, emails. And so you send those things out and, and you, so you initially start, you don't tell anybody that it's going on, right? I mean, no, that that's key. You don't, yeah. you know, you, the manager that, that you're working with has to know, but it's, it's really key to not let anybody know that you're doing that. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, as soon as they hear somebody's looking for you, they're just not going to click on anything. Right. Right. And you're not going to get good data out of that. 
Right, right. So you you want to kind of make it a surprise, but at the end of the day, you know, you're not necessarily trying to like play a gotcha though, right? I mean, what, what's the ultimate goal? No, it, it's more about empowering the employees and training them so that they know uh, what they what they should and shouldn't click on. Um, yeah. You know, most of the time they just they they've never been told what what what's good, what's not, uh, what to do, and what not to do, and uh, and that, and it really empowers them after the training to to, to be more proactive. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cause I mean, what, what are some of the risks that, that you let them know? Like, so like ransomware, R- right? Ransomware, well, can you explain what ransomware does to the audience? Yeah, R- Ransomware is a, a pretty nasty thing by itself. Um, most of the time it comes in through either a phishing attack, uh, or some kind of malicious link and, uh, or, or even a R- RDP, uh, exploit. And, uh, what? RDP remote desktop protocol. Oh. Sorry. I'm oh. getting those terms. Using that using but, that jargon. You're too you're yeah. too smart for us. A lot of companies don't lock down their remote desktop with VPN, but that's a whole whole different podcast. <laughs> um, if, if, if you use an RDP for your remote work, give us a call, we'll secure you. But, right, right. But no, ransomware is pretty nasty. So once they're in your system, they they take your files and they encrypt them and uh, and hold them for ransom for money. And, and it can be really expensive. So when you say um, they, they take your your files, I mean they're they're actually encrypting them, oh, like on your computers, on your servers. Yeah, in most cases. Yeah, in most cases, they're not taking the uh, the files out of your uh, network. They're mm-hmm. they're physically still on your server, just encrypted, and uh, and then usually they either hide them. Or they'll leave a little note behind, uh, giving you details on how to get your files back or the encryption key back. It's usually depending on what kind of organization you are, banks or uh, medical. It, the ransom is usually a lot higher than than just a few files here and there. But um, it can be really expensive. A Bitcoin now, I think, I think it's around two thousand dollars, and that's usually the first thing they ask for is a Bitcoin or like or a bank thirty bitcoins, you know, or hundred bitcoins, just depending on the amount of data they got encrypted. So basically, typically it works is that you get that phony email. You actually put your information in there, um, and maybe it tricks them to download something. Uh, or, or I mean, is is that sometimes what it is? Uh, yeah, usually it's a malicious link uh, that, that you're putting your credentials in for your computer or for your Microsoft account, and they they exploit it that way. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, but also the the funky attachments. If you just download something like that, that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some weird ads pop up or something like that. Right, right. All right. And and so they they get that funky email or or and and they put in their information or they do that download and then it puts a, a, a program, some sort of malware, which is malware is, is that uh, anything that's really bad that you don't really want on your computer. It can be yeah. with the, the Trojans, viruses, any of that kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, and so it gets on your computer um, or gets on your server and then it just starts encrypting everything. And then you, you end up coming to work one day and finding out that you can't access anything. And, and maybe there's a message that says, Hey, I've got good news and bad news. Uh, right. <laughs> everything's been encrypted, but if you send me just, I don't know, a few thousand dollars worth of Bitcoins, you can have it back. Right. <laughs> I, I actually had a customer that got hit so bad that they had three different people uh, logged in and encrypted at three different times. So he had three, three different ransom notes on the same data. 
Uh, oh, it, wow. And it, it was, uh, it was pretty ridiculous. Uh, he was, a a medical client or a, he was a doctor that, that had a medical office and, uh, and you know, so you have a lot of HIPAA, uh, rules that go along with that and you have to report it. And the expense that he went through just for the remediation side was astronomical. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, almost what, enough to shut you down. What was an estimate on like that typical cost? Um, you know, it's all over the board. You know, it's hard to, to really say what the, the average is because there's, I mean, you're talking about companies that deal with billions of dollars. I think, uh, I was just reading the other day, uh, Yahoo had, uh, almost 3 billion, you know, customers data breached kind yeah. of thing. And that, and the cost that goes along with that is, is astronomical. I want to say it's like, how was it? 80,000, something like that, uh, for, for just an average. Yeah. And it's not necessarily even just the, the ransom, right? It's, it's also, you know, what, what kind of time you might yeah. have to pay, you know, the, the ID company to, to come in and, and take care of it for you, uh, to, yeah. to actually apply the decryption. Right. Uh, uh, you know, remediation trying to, you know, you, you can do it two ways. You can pay them, uh, and maybe you get your, your data back. Um, you can pay a company that, uh, negotiates all that for you and maybe even can, uh, has the encryption already because the way these guys work, these remediation companies, they work with the same uh, ransomware guys and sometimes they can get a discount because they do so much volume with them. It's, a, it's just a huge business. It's really, it's, it's really weird, but uh, you know, so, so well, I always like, recommend finding a remedi- remediation company and working with them first. It costs you okay. less in the long run. Okay. So, you're saying that if you're not a very scrupulous person, uh, a good business venture would be to uh, to do the ransomware, but then also have a remediation company, <laughs> right? Yeah, so you can get them on both sides of it. That's right. All right. It's like right. the antivirus companies write the viruses, right? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Now, just just to be clear, uh, for all of our time for success listeners, uh, that's not what we're recommending. I'm just saying, that, you know. <laughs> no. If you're an unscrupulous person, watch out, watch out. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's whole businesses around. Uh, I've, I mean, I've, I've met with people who just focus on the remediation and, and they're the, the experts that are called in uh, to, to do the negotiation. So it's, it's interesting how there's a whole industry just on fixing ransomware issues. Right. You know, and, and it's a, it's a pretty simple solution if you're ahead of it, you know, user training, yeah. And uh, good backup and disaster recovery. Uh, as long as you've got good backups, ransomware is not a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can get your your files back uh, pretty quickly. Uh, yeah. You know, but so, a lot of a lot of companies will have just basic hard drives doing a USB backup and uh, and not taking them off site. And the ransomware will affect those backups as well. Yeah. If you if you have sensitive data, yeah, you need to have uh, an off site backup and an on-site backup and it needs to be encrypted uh, already so that so that those those malware can't encrypt them themselves or access them you even need to segment it off of your network if possible so so debbie uh, when we were talking the other day you had mentioned that uh, you have some pretty interesting some some compelling information i think about phishing attacks because i think it's easily dismissed um you know we we think oh we, well we'll catch it or, or we're not really getting that but what well, share some of those numbers that you shared with me because it's it's pretty crazy. Well, 91% of cybersecurity attacks start with a phishing email, which are these emails that we're talking about. 
Wait, uh, 91% of cybersecurity, they start with a phishing attack. Yep. Wow. Wow. So it's not even necessarily all the malware and, and viruses that, that, you know, get through it for other ways. It's, it's 91% start with a, a phishing email. Wow. And 43% of these go to small businesses and small businesses Ooh. are the victims of wow. these. 43%. Because I think the, the natural tendency for a small business owner is to think, well, you know, I, I'm just a little guy. Well, what does it matter? I mean, I, I'm, uh, nobody's going to come after me. Nobody wants my data. But, right. but I, I guess that's not the case. You know, I guess it was, uh, what was that? Uh, was it Target that had that, that big breach a few years back? Was that 2015, 16, something like that? And, Came in through uh, their HVAC. It went through their HVAC company. Yeah, yep. yeah. It was a smaller HVAC company, and and so they knew that they did business with them. And so, how did that work? They hacked the HVAC company first. Well, they the HVAC company had a computer on their local network uh, that they used to remote into, and that and that got breached. And since it was already on their local network, then the the hacker had wide open uh, access to the entire network. Wow! Wow! But I mean, it, it can be very simple too. That if if your company's breached, let's say you know they they ask for your credentials and they can get into your network. I mean, they might be able to just send an email from one of your accounts, even and, and making it look legitimate. And if you're a, a vendor, like let's say one of your largest clients uh, is is a target, and and they send an email from your email address that ends up causing them. Uh, to, to pay, you know, a hundred thousand dollars or, or whatever that might be. Uh, I mean, yeah. how, how would you think that that, w- that your, your, uh, your cu- client or your customer would react? Yeah. It, it can be really difficult to uh, tell some of those apart too. Uh, you know, and usually that's yeah. because their password and username has been compromised. Um, we've got another client that, uh, that we had uh, the same thing happened, like their account got uh, hacked. And, uh, and they were, they took invoices that this other company had, uh, been sending them and rewrote the email and had the email come back from the other company or look like it came from the other company to their inbox. And it was the exact same invoice that they'd already sent them. The only thing different was the payment submission form. And it said that our payment submission process has changed. Click here. And then as soon as they click it, you know, then, then they're putting in their bank information into this, this malware or this, you know, the, the hacker's site. So, wow. Now, did they uh, actually, did they catch it before they paid or did they, did they lose that? No, money? no. Luckily, uh, this is a client that we had talked to quite a bit uh, and they, and they knew that the, who was billing them, that they'd never really changed anything like that. It just seemed off, um, which is a lot of the training on this is if something seems a little off, double check. Just, wow. just make sure, you know, follow up. Yeah. Well, I was going to tell you another statistic too. Oh, go ahead. 60% of those businesses that are hacked are going to be out of business in six months. Wow. Did you say 60% are going to be out of business? So 60% of these small businesses that are hacked will be out of business in six months. Now, I, I think that there's a, a lot that goes into it. Um, I mean, first of all, there's, yeah, if, I mean, if you're going to take a, a $80,000 hit, um, that, that's going to put you out of business. Um, now, there's some insurance, right, that, for that, and, and maybe we can talk about that in a second. But, but still, I mean, you, you, 
even if you have insurance that covers some of that hit, I would imagine that if, if you have a, a client base that, um, especially as a small business, if you've got a client base that realizes that, that they've been then targeted because of uh, what happened to you, uh, and if they, if they feel like there's a risk, they might end up going somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I mean, there, there's a pretty significant threat there because you actually, by law, have to notify anybody who might have been affected by it, right? For, for you're talking about HIPAA compliance and stuff now, whenever you start getting into that, all those breach notifications have to be um, right. reported and documented right. uh, and you have to keep the records for seven years. So. Right, right. Well, yeah, so I mean, you've got, well, all, everything's digital records now. So most healthcare providers, I, I would assume that, I mean, if you're doing any kind of business uh, that's that's healthy business, uh, no pun intended, right. um, you <laughs> you have a, a decent amount of clients over the past seven years that, that are at risk for getting their information stolen. But I mean, in, in two, like if any, sort, I, I believe that if, if any of your like personal identify, identifying information, whether it's healthcare or your credit cards or social security, any of that number, stuff has to be reported as well. You're right. Yeah. And I believe you have to offer them a service kind of like LifeLock for a certain right. period of time in case that they have to, uh, use that. And that that's all a cost. Um, and your, your cybersecurity policy, the insurance that you're talking about, um, most people don't have enough coverage. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I know with a lot of doctors in there, uh, they, they have policies for that, but usually the base for the cyber cybersecurity piece is like $50,000. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you the, the one client that I had that got breached, um, that, that was day one. Uh, that fifty thousand dollars was gone, and it you know, and that was an ongoing, probably three month project. Uh, after we got their data back, getting thing everything reported and uh, and forensics done to make sure that nothing got moved off of their site, you know, because then that that determines on the level of your remediation too, you know, on on how many letters you have to send out and uh, and who you have to notify and 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 your timelines. It's right. It, it's a ridiculous amount of money. I mean, I, I want to say, you know, he was probably up in the 200 grand area by the time we were done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it was a small, small office. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was insane. Yeah. Now, now, how did that client get breached again? Was it a phishing attack? No, that one in particular was, was the uh, remote desktop uh, is how they came through. Ah, uh, uh, it was before you, I guess it was, did they switch to you? They, they, they were, they were not a managed service customer of ours at the time. And, right, uh, right. And in this particular client, we, we had made recommendations to make a lot of changes and, mm-hmm. uh, and they refused to make the changes. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is if your IT guy says, Hey, this is a, a significant threat, you know, uh, you should really, you should really probably take them seriously. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was a learning lesson for myself as well. I mean, now, if, uh, you know, I, I don't need the business. If, if somebody won't take the steps to secure themselves, um, you know, I'm, I might have to step away just because I don't want to be in that position either. You know, we're, we're pretty fair. We don't give you uh, recommendations that, that, that are going to cost you a lot of money. And in this, in this case, some of these changes uh, were very low cost, you know, it's a mm-hmm. firewall and a VPN. I mean, it, it's not much. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty manageable. Yeah. Right. So, 
So, um, so some, some of these things that they need to do is, is they need, they need to have some sort of assessment. If you've got any sort of, uh, employees, um, don't just take the assumption that, you know, Hey, watch out for emails or that they know what they're doing. They, they really should be tested. How, how frequently do you recommend that they're tested? Um, pretty often. Uh, so with the, with the free test, it, it, it's the initial test that you get ongoing testing. Um, we usually, it's a random, uh, thing. So, but, mm. but it probably sends out two or three months, uh, okay. to, to continuously test them and, yeah. uh, and, and make sure that, that they're learning. Well, I think that's so. good. Cause I think I saw, uh, another figure that, um, that you, you get at least one, I believe it was like one phishing attack or, or phishing attack email or phishing email, I guess I should say phishing email a day at least, at least right. yeah. on the minimum. Yeah. And, uh, and so this one will send it out pretty continuously. And, uh, so if, if somebody's a, a client, you, you offer this service, um, just to help, help them stay safe and you do sure. it ongoingly, um, to, to do that. So then let's say, let's say you got a gotcha, right? Like, all right, Susan, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we saw that you clicked on this email and, um, shame, shame, how, you know, I can't believe you would do this. What the heck's wrong with you? Didn't you right. see that this was, <laughs> well, is that the way they handle know, it or? No, not at all. So it, whenever they get the report, it'll show them, um, who clicked on it or who opened the email, who clicked on it, who inputted data. So you get several layers of how much at risk this employee is. And then after they get that report, everybody gets a grade um, and everybody goes through the same initial training. Uh, if you go on through the, the program and, uh, and then you, you do a second test and then you can kind of see who's still at risk and who needs additional training. It, it's not really about, you know, we're going to fire you if you make this offense, you know, it, it's more about just edu educating the, the user of how to handle themselves or what to look for. And, and usually coming into companies, as soon as they learn, oh, wait, they've got a report on me, they know exactly what I'm doing, the, uh, the click rates go way down. Um, mm -hmm. just, just, just for the effect of somebody's watching, I'll, maybe I don't need these free M&Ms, you know, <laughs> or you know, I don't need to click on this coupon. You know? Yeah, yeah. So um, what are some of the things in that we were looking for? So let's say you're, you're trying to evaluate your, your own emails coming in. Um, I think one of the things that, that you mentioned before was any sort of weird, you know, changes with the company that you're working with. You, you talked about how, you know, the payment information suddenly changed, even though everything else looked legitimate. Right. Um, you know, what are, what are some other things that you can look for? Any of those red flags. So there, there's things like just hovering your, your icon over a link and making sure that the link adds up. Uh, you know, a lot of times it would be say, keentechnologies.com isn't the same as keentechnologiesinc.com or, mm. you know, so you, you have to be real careful with like where things are coming from and where those links are going to. Right, um, right. you know, there, there's a lot of different, I've got, I've got a few examples here I can pull up. So to the sender and make sure it's the correct email from the sender. Yeah. Right. So, so just to, to recap, because uh, I know Debbie's audio is coming through a little bit, a little bit light. So what Debbie was saying was that you look at the sender in the email 
And sometimes it'll say even like a name or something like that, that you might, you might recognize, let's say somebody's, uh, you know, their, their contact uh, list and their phone or something like that was, was compromised. Um, and it might say, you know, that name of the familiar person, uh, but it might come from a different email address. I mean, I've seen that or, or, you know, I've seen it where it says like, it's PayPal customer service, but it's from, you know, one, four, three, seven, nine, two at yahoo.com. That's probably not. Some of those are really obvious and some of them, they, they can still mask them a little bit. So you still have to go up and hover over that email address. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not saying you have to do that with every email, but if if that, you know, that little red flag in the back of your mind hits, go up. I mean, it it only takes a second and and sometimes it can save you a lot of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that, um, Sometimes I've I've gotten some weird texts or emails, and I've just uh, called the person or or sent them a message right. another way, uh, or, or especially if like Facebook all the time. Maybe I'll I'll text them instead, or if I get a a, fa- a text message, I'll send them a, a Facebook message or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, right. is this legit? <laughs> yeah. Imagine trying to get an unsolicited link. Right. Yeah. You know, and and there's things like, I mean, you don't open uh, attachments that you're not sure about. So especially if it's like an EXE or a BAT batch file, Mm -hmm. um, or it just looks a little different, like list.exe. I mean, you know, you kind of have to to watch for that stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's also, I mean, everybody wants to unsubscribe from every email that they get to, but a lot of times hitting that unsubscribe button will, uh, will send you to, that malware link as well. So, oh, that, that's kind of clever, right? Yep, that's yeah. a big one to watch for, and and it also tells them this is a legit email and and, and an active user that that uh, maybe I can send him other stuff a different way. Hmm. Uh, you know, so you want to be careful even with the unsubscribe button, even if an email comes through and you're like ah, even if it's like right. a familiar name, like a, a, a Tony Robbins or something like that, you still really right. want to look at it really closely. Yep. Um, make sure and, and go up and make sure that the links are correct. Even that unsubscribe button, if you hover over it, it'll tell you where it's going to uns- unsubscribe. If it doesn't look legit, don't click it. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's good. Uh, any other you know tips on that that you can think of? Yeah. Don't don't just hit your reply button. Don't respond to a spam uh, email. Uh, that'll get you in trouble too. Same thing. Then they know you're an active user. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes it can be a little tempting to respond, unsubscribe or respond with a, uh, please take me off your list. But that usually just, uh, emboldens them and, and then they go after you a little bit more. And then, and then they try to think of more clever ways to, right. Again, they know it's a good email with the user that, that may not know everything they should be doing. All right. How, how would people find like this, this free phishing attack offer? Cause, cause you were talking about, um, and, and just so people know about it, you know, the, a little bit more information. So they get this, this free phishing attack, um, which, you know, typically would be something that, that somebody would charge for, uh, unless they're a managed services client of yours. Um, but they will, they, they put their employee list into, uh, into the system. It's, it sounds like it's really simple. Like, and it just, yeah. and, and, and it sends out, um, how, well, how long does it take? Like, do they do it for a week, a couple of days? No, we can, from the time that we have all your users imported, which takes us, I mean, however long it takes you to get us the, uh, the, the email addresses and for yeah. us to input them, I mean, an hour, and then we start the phishing test 
and then within 24 hours you can have your report uh, showing oh, wow. showing uh, you know your users click history okay so it's a great way to just kind of see if you're at risk and then um, and, and it'll send out the the emails to to the employees over the course of a day and see you know who's at risk and then um, and then you at least have some some data that you can go to folks and uh, say hey uh, Susan um, <laughs> We went ahead and ran this and we weren't trying to be uh, you know, sketchy or anything like that. We weren't trying to pull, pull a fast one over you, but uh, we did want, want to make sure that everybody has the knowledge and this is really most supposed, supposed to be more so like educational because everybody's at, as, is at risk. And so, uh, you know, we, we had this done and, and, you know, this is the information. And so, um, and then you, you, they can go on and, and educate themselves, but then you'll also have some educational material for them or how does that work? Right. Uh, through this program, uh, we have a lot of educational videos. There's a whole slew of videos that we can choose through or programs that we can choose through. And we usually get the help of the manager of the, of the company. You know, every company kind of trains things a little bit different or likes a particular video, uh, you know, a little bit better than the other. Some of the, some of these uh, training programs that I've seen, like going to YouTube, they can be, pretty cheesy. Uh, these programs are constantly updated. They've got really good information in them and, uh, and do a really good job of teaching the users what to and not to do. It also comes with little quizzes. So it'll break up within the training halfway through, and then you'll have to take a little quiz on what you just watched. So it makes sure that the users are actually watching it, not just playing at the back in the background. Um, you know, you can make it mandatory or not mandatory, put a timeline on it. I usually make them mandatory um, just because you don't, you don't want somebody, you know, that one user not doing it. It's very important to make the managers and the CEOs to do it as well. A lot of times they're like, Oh, I don't, I don't want anything to do with this, but there's some of the users at most risk. They're, they're actually the ones that are being tar targeted for the fishing or, or, or spear fishing attacks. Yeah. Um, the difference between it's... a fishing and a spear fishing too is fishing is wide net. I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to throw a net out. Spear phishing is whenever they do the research and they know who to target, you know, that HR person or that CEO. So, uh, okay. So they, 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 they actually identified the specific person that they want to go after and that, and that's spear phishing. So that's actually a real term right? Uh, that they, that they use going after that specific person and trying to figure out a way to, uh, to trick them. Right. Um, you know, I think it's really easy for managers and leaders to get, um, either complacent or maybe they just get really busy with all the duties and it's very easy for them to, to just click on a link. And I, I think it's important that people realize, you know, remember that they're, they're not above it. Uh, and, and they're even a bigger target and sometimes even a bigger risk just because of all the responsibility that they have. You know, I, I think it's great that you offer that free service and that, man, that, that the free initial assessment and, and I think that being able to provide that to your managed service clients is really invaluable and, and something that should not be overlooked at all because um, it's, you do that initial assessment. I think we all know we've gone to trainings and then we just forget it, you know, a couple of days later and being right. able to do that ongoingly, I think is, uh, is huge, especially since you, you have turnover, new people coming in and out, uh, new stressors and, and, if you have uh, updated um, tests, like you're talking about, like updated emails, just based on what's going on and and what uh, what what kind of uh, fix stuff's going on out there, what kind of phishing emails are being used, 
um, keeping that up to date, I think it sounds, uh, sounds pretty important as well. So that's, that's huge. So if, um, if anybody wants to get a hold of you and find out more information about the phishing attacks or managed services or anything like that, how, how do they get a hold of you, you, uh, you folks? Sure. Probably the easiest way is to either go out to keentechnologies.com. It's K-E-A-N-E technologies and, or shoot us over an email, uh, Jamie M at Keen Technologies or Debbie B at KeenTechnologies.com. Okay. Um, or they can fill out the contact us form on the, on the website. Either one. Right. Get, get this. Give us a call as well. Phone number and contact. Sorry, Debbie, go ahead. So they can also go to our Facebook page or LinkedIn page. All sure. right. So also your Facebook or LinkedIn page. So just look for Keen. How do you spell Keen? K-E-A-N-E. Right. Right. Okay. So Keen Technologies. Yeah. All right. Well, I really appreciate you folks being on here today with me and uh, it's, it's great. And, and uh, I can't, I can't express the importance enough of, of just protecting yourself any way that you can, because uh, it, when we're talking about creating a freedom business, part of the processes and systems you have to be, or they have to have are those, those internal checks and balances are around security. And uh, we're, we're, more and more a technology-based world and you know we rely on our our emails and our our text messages because this can come in, in text message form as well facebook messages and you know if we're if we're letting our our employees access any of these with uh with our equipment or they're using, you know, maybe they're bringing their own technology in, but they're accessing our networks. You know, it, it does put us at risk. And so we really need to, to be proactive about that because, you know, most small business owners can't take a hundred thousand dollar hit. They just can't. And, you know, we don't want to ruin your dreams and your chance for that freedom business or, or have to delay it a few years because you're trying to recover off of a big hit like that. So don't push it off. Don't think, well, I'll deal with this, you know, at a later time. Just go ahead and, and, and start doing it now. These are things that simple, really simple things to put in now that could pay off huge in the future by just avoiding these kind of problems that, that there's no reason to have. So anyway, thanks again for, uh, for tuning in to the Time for Success podcast. And uh, this is Matt Barbie, your host. And if you'd like a business that gives you and your family and even your employees and their families the, the lives that, that you all dream of, uh, please reach out, 314 441 5423. Thank you.